to the society. Thank you for being here this morning. In fact, it was a victory yesterday. Uh, our party increasingly has problems defining what victory is. We have problems defining really what we're trying to achieve. And when I was chairman of the NRCC, I had to really teach us to have the will to win. You remember that was what the key part of all of, 90, of uh, 2010 was about. You have to have, as we did in 94, the will to win, the desire to then know what you want to do with what you've got. The uh, effort that's taken place over the last couple days it has been interesting. Uh, we had, as you know, the Senate that we had to deal with, and yet they had to deal with us also, in fairness. And, and I think we, we played our, our, up to our weight class there. Republicans do need to get back home. Republicans need to get back home because when we are in front of voters, we tend to do well. When we talk about what we stand for in our accomplishments, as opposed to, I believe, uh, hiding in Washington and hoping that hoping for the best, we've always done well. That is why it's in our best interest to get the heck out of town. On top of that, we got a bunch of senators that need to do it. Republicans did well over the break. August was very good to us. There was a lot of hand wringing in June and July. Obviously, the uh, Trump factor, as it's playing out, is most interesting. By the way, the Democrats have the same and reverse problem. I just don't talk about it. The reverse problem is uh, the same as ours, and that is in the 32nd Congressional District of Texas, which is Dallas, Northbound, Richardson, Garland, Texas, uh, Stephen is learning all these uh, great places that are in the, in the hub of his community orders. 26,132 people out of 80,000 had never voted in a primary before. There was a massive wave that took place, not just in Texas, but all across this country. The votes are there for Mr. Trump to win, but they, they are not playing themselves as necessarily some voters that we've seen in the past, uh, and that is they vote once or twice, meeting the top of the ticket and for governor and senator and member of Congress, and then walk out. They really don't play the entire ballot. They, that this voter is not in tune necessarily with circumstances at the county level, at the city level, even though city level votes generally are not on the ballot uh, at that time of year. So it's going to be a very interesting time. We're learning that anywhere from six to about 14% in, in the vast majority of the districts is the drop-off of people who say, I don't think I'm going to go vote. I vote every year, every time, but I'm not going to be voting this time. Once again, about consistent with where people are with the Mrs. Clinton issue. So there's a lot of parity right now and a lot of commonality about the need and the desire for not just the national party to have uh, a vestige uh, in what happens uh, with, with their top candidate, but really a lot of down-ballot stuff. We have more at risk this election than they do. We have more at risk because we have senators uh, and because we have a huge number of members who are not returning. So we have new people who are running who have not been on the ballot uh, as often. What do I think is going to happen? Well, I think what's going to happen is, is that 
Mr. Trump is going to have to decide from a perspective of mine, you may or may not agree. He's going to have to do, he's going to have to start preparing for the debates and do better. I don't think he did poorly. He just let her off the canvas at least five or six times. For a negotiator that he is, he should have negotiated the 30,000 emails directly that night, put his, come with his tax statement and laid it out and given it to the moderator and said, as soon as she releases hers, you may release this. He is going to have to play strategic and tactically if he is going to win this election. He's going to have to be seen by the American people that he's not hiding behind, as Mrs. Clinton is, some mirror of secrecy or what a lawyer tells him. That is not going to cut it. The American people do not like that. They didn't deserve it, and they don't like it, and they will actually give credit to and admire a person who is forthright about who they are and what they'll do. Uh, so I think that's one of the things that I would say if I were advising Mr. Trump. If you're a deal cutter, cut a deal. You're used to doing it on TV, go cut the deal. Actually win the debate. Secondly, I would say this to you, it's obvious to every one of you, he's a non-traditional Republican candidate. Uh, I have no clue why he is as anti-trade as he is, but he blamed China rather than the Democrat Party for their policies. And I think that's a mistake. We have an incredible number of Asian voters that are not just in Dallas, Texas, but all across this country. And he has not yet learned. He wants every voter to view him favorably and then give them his vote. Uh, so I think that they've got a lot of work to do. With that said, I'm going to vote early and often for Mr. Trump. And that's what I need to do. What happened last night? Well, what happened last night was really... Uh, I think uh, a good exercise. We had a series of things that were happening with the Senate where they were trying to get home, but we also had to complete some work. We had several outstanding issues. One is Zika virus. The Zika virus, as you know, is a really a daunting task, not only to investigators and those people who are researchers, but also many people who are, are stuck with uh, ideas of how do they protect themselves, and then how do they play forward? Uh, there were a number of issues in this, including clean water aspects. The Democrats are not in favor of all the spraying that eradicates this uh, virus. They have stopped some of that across the country. We believe that's how you get rid of it. There was the issue of the quote, Planned Parenthood viewpoint. Uh, we had offered a show early in the summer. 1.1 billion, a billion, 100 million. They wanted a billion nine and turned down our offer. Our offer was good for five months. Theirs was 10 years. We felt like we were genuine in what we did. It was a matter of getting the money to the investigators so that they could complete their work. I held a series of meetings with Tony Fauci, who's head of infectious diseases at NIH, and, and Director Collins, and they did their fourth meeting with me. And I opened up to a, a series of members up at the Rules Committee uh, on Tuesday morning, and they indicated that they are turning the corner on the Zika. They indicated a lot of things about how dangerous mosquitoes are. Tony Fauci put it to some perspective. For every single shark, a uh, human that is killed by a shark, there are 74,000 people killed by mosquitoes. <coughs> For every one person killed by a shark, there are 74,000 that died from a mosquito. 
they are dangerous and we must know more about them. Uh, and they are turning the corner and they're expecting an announcement today or tomorrow. Today, Friday, Thursday, Thursday. So I anticipate it will probably be Friday, but a big announcement that they're going to be making uh, that I believe will be uh, consistent with your belief that research and development, we can turn the corner on most things in this country by putting our, our best minds to it. So I think that was good. We had to deal with the issue of the water issue out of Flint, Michigan. As you know, it's a very difficult thing. Flint, Michigan, not unlike Detroit, is a problem. It's a problem that caused bankruptcy. They are their bankruptcy. They cannot pay for their own services of their city. Uh, whoever's fault it is, it is a city in the United States of America. We have an obligation for all of us to work together. Yes, learn from it, no question about it. But simply to say we're looking for a nexus to go help people in this country is a stretch I don't like. I think we ought to find a way, we should find a way, we should do the right thing. We should work with them and hold them accountable. Uh, and that's what the speaker did. The speaker actually, I believe, stepped up to the plate and we offered the correct language that would then enable uh, Democrats to not only fall back but really be in support. I would like to, not just because John is here, uh, I'd like to uh, give accolades to Louise Slaughter. Louise Slaughter, she is the ranking member at the Rules Committee. She actually worked very well with me, not just this week, but she, as, she, as she does. They made a difficult circumstance better. They enabled us to work through our circumstances they were numerous. What are they? Well, people don't like that we're going to give some money to Flint, Michigan. They want an amendment to strike it. I have a higher, different level of thinking, and that is, Orta is all about us trying to beat the White House, so the White House does not pick the winners and losers of who gets money in cities and water projects and other things. And if we don't pass Orta, the White House controls all the money. And they pick winners and they pick losers too. And I do not believe it has been necessarily an even process. So I was trying to get the legislation to the to the Senate, to the White House, where they'd signed it as opposed to vetoing it. And that would be Flint, Michigan, because it would be devastating and destructive to the president for us to pass something and and, and him not sign it in Flint, Michigan somewhere. So I saw the balance, the speaker saw the balance, and that is what we made a determination we were going to do. Mrs. Slaughter was most uh, gracious, and, and, and we got that done. There's a lot of other things that are going to happen. We're trying to put together what would be an omnibus package that would be available at the end of the year. Uh, it's kind of like, it's not nice to say, but tell me now before I spend 10 bucks on drinks. <laughs> Tell me now what we're going to do. Well, who's going to win? Who is going to win? I don't know. Uh, I think I know, but I don't know. And so we're putting together a package that is designed for an outgoing president to be able to sign it uh, and, and clear the deck and do things, uh, regardless of who wins. Uh, I believe that we're going to put together a package that will deal with problems that we've been having. As you know, we've used these that are called writers for 
quite some time. The writers, I think, are important. Their policy decisions, their limitations on activities that the next White House could do, uh, and we're going to have to get closer and closer to these things. What was the big news of the week to me? I don't know what it was to you, but to me it was I had failed to understand that 17 of 23 co-ops uh, that are under Obamacare have financially <coughs> gone bankrupt. At minimum, $15 million on the low end, at the high end, a billion dollars out of these 17 co-ops that have gone belly up. What does this mean? Well, it means that of the things that we knew and understood, it is not a sustainable circumstance that they're engaged in. But what you may or may not have focused on is, is that they are more costly in the marketplace than their competitors. And because of that, they've gone under. They're going under because they don't have market share, they're going under because they're expensive, they're going under. But really, it's unhappiness. The reimbursement rate for Obamacare to healthcare providers is 50% less than standard insurance reimbursement to a physician. What it was designed, the people that it was designed to help the most, it has now turned into a concrete life preserver. And it is taking families down. So this week, we were on the floor. Uh, or at least the Rules Committee, talking about how those 17 co-ops that have gone down represent at least a million people. We were going to allow them to, for the IRS, not to ding them to $2,000 when in the year they cannot prove that they had a qualified insurance plan. These 800,000 people paid for at least seven and probably nine months would have to start back over with an insurance company with a new deductible. <coughs> my deductible is, is, is in a volunteer, $3,600 for my family. And uh, lots of people are saying, I don't have the, the money, I already spent it. And now the IRS is going to come back and dig me. And in fact, that's true. <coughs> the IRS automatically deducts from whatever you would get back. Is, as the Supreme Court says, a tax bill. They deduct from people without recourse. And we felt like that was unfair. The Democrats completely disagreed with us. It's another great story for us to tell. Uh, lastly, we learned about how this administration uh, not only lost to some 800 people that were special interest aliens that were designed to be exited from the country, they claim they pushed the wrong button, they offered them all citizenship. These are eight, at least 800, maybe 1,600. They don't know if they doubled or they're not sure. Uh, 1,600 people, at least 800, that were special interest aliens that are now citizens of the United States of America. They sent out a memo to Houston, Texas this week saying, do everything you can do, drop all your work at ICE, and simply go to finishing the forms for in 400s, which makes you a citizen. Please work overtime. Please focus everything you do to moving people through the system so that by October 1, or slightly after, they can become citizens. I, 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 I get it, but I don't like it. 
So we've got our hands full of trying to keep this country safe anytime there's a Democrat in the White House. The last thing I'll tell you, you've already figured out, they think they've won it for the last time. They think they have won from now on. My job, if I were chairman of the NRCC, is to make sure they lose. My job as chairman of the Rules Committee is to make sure we get our team on the field and get them done with great legislation. I did my job. What questions do you all have?